it's going to move and we've seen it move with some companies where it it's becoming much more AI driven. Mm-hmm. So you're really having kind of that conversation with an AI that tees it up all the way to basically a warm lead to your salesperson. And so the salespeople do a lot less outbound calling. Uh, I'm sure there's a future, but is it for me? I, I'm not a big fan, but yeah. like, will it stick, stick around? I'm sure it'll stick around. I think- Live, another episode of Adversity Kings. We have special guests today, plural guests. So we have Nick and Simran. Full names. Rickadella. Nick Rickadella. Nick Rickadella. Simran Singh. Simran Singh. 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 Let's go. So let's just start off with you guys introducing yourselves and then anything you want to shout out. Since we're a smaller podcast, I want to take the approach of like when people are going to listen and it's probably going to be the first two minutes and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) True. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you, I mean, uh, so Nick Rodella, um, senior associate, St. Calvin Partners. Uh, essentially, it's a family office for Winfrey Singh and, and his family. Uh, just got about, what, deployed about $650 million across 80-odd deals. Most of that's early-stage venture, but also some, like, private equity, real estate, and some of the stuff in there. Dope. Yeah, we were talking about private equity and different yeah. things like that, so that's really cool. And then yourself? Yeah, Simran Singh, born and raised Chicago. A little closer, probably. Associate, uh, associate here at Syncap, uh, uh, right next to my buddy Nick. Uh, he gave the Syncap background, but but Nick and I are college buddies. Mm. It's uh, it's pretty cool to kind of work day to day with your college buddy, talk day and night. So mm. so Syncap is the name of the yeah Sync Capital. So Sync is Sync is a traditional Sikh background. So Sikh S I K H is the religion, and essentially all the males in Sikhism uh, in Sikhi. They, they their last name is Singh, and okay. all, all the women have the last name Kaur. So Singh stands for, um, you know, lion. Oh wow! And then Kaur stands for princess, yeah, or queen. So I um, got this movie about lions on. Ro- <laughs> yeah, it's basically ro- ro- uh, royalty, right? So the turban stands for, you know, kind of. I mean, so back back when the religion started, real quick, back when the religion started, um, there's a ton of oppression in India, a lot of casteism. Your last name, so my actual last name is Chaudhary. So Chaudhary stood for, I think, like politicians. Yeah. So by your last name, you could tell, you know, Nick's a farmer, I'm a politician, maybe you're a trader, mm. you're a yeah. merchant. So you could kind of tell, you know, the merchants hang out over there, their, you know, their status is up here, and yeah. the farmers are at the bottom. So you have two last names then? Yeah, so Singh is technically my middle name. Okay. But I I think it's it's a way better last name. It's mm. easier than than the actual last name of Chaudhary? Chaudhary, yeah. So, I mean, it's easier, but it's also, you know, I... You know, it, it brings a certain type of honor and you know, yes. prestige mm. to it. And not everybody gets Sing. Every, everyone gets Sing. Everybody gets everyone Sing? Everyone gets Sing, yeah. From India? Yeah, so so northern India. India. Okay. I was asking, I had an Indian uh, taxi driver, and I was asking him, like, if the caste system yeah. was still in place. And I, I think yeah. I was like, so the only thing I remember from the conversation, honestly, was he was telling me about, like, tigers or something because yeah. he grew up in, like, the farmland area. And yeah, he was yeah. like... They're actually not that dangerous. He was like, what's dangerous is cobras. Mm, and yeah. he was like, "What's da- like with the tigers, as long as you have some meat on, they're just hungry. He was like, yeah. you just throw them some meat, they'll, they'll, they'll leave. Awesome. Yeah. I was like, sheesh. I don't know if I believe you. I don't know if I see a tiger, just... I'm still scared of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, who, like how, how many people are walking around with like just, you know, steaks in their back pocket or something yeah, yeah. in India? Tiger steak. To, yeah, tiger, yeah, yeah, right? Keep them away. You got the right kind. Right? Yeah. So... Sing Capital, then, yep. where, where you work, that's not family-related? Uh, they, they are family for, for me. Okay, they so are. So I, I have family on the East Coast, and okay. Munbreed's uh, an older cousin, I guess, but I guess, you know, there, there's so many cousins out there. Yeah. 
So I got connected with him back in college. He was he was the early on mentor for me. Okay. I went to banking for a bit. Um, Nick, Nick actually went to SyncCap before me, mm-hmm. and wow. then I recently came back to SyncCap in December. Wow, awesome. So is there anything you guys want to shout out before we continue to jump in? We want to shout out. We could shout out Oats Overnight. That's the deal we're leading right now. Uh, <laughs> no, that's too much. Too much? I think Brian would like it. Um, but Oats Overnight, if you guys want, you know, it's a, we're leading the Series, uh, series A. Uh, really excited about the company. Uh, one of the best, I think, what's interesting really is it's a vertically integrated CPG company, which you don't see nowadays. A lot of CPGs outsourced. So, so they consumer, own... What are you saying? CPG, consumer package good. Consumer package Yeah, so it's like Oats... In a package, you rip it off, you yep. put it in the shaker cup. It's you put it in your fridge overnight. Yeah, ready to go. Easy breakfast in the morning. Good macros. Yes, good nutrition. And they've got they've got a di- lot of different variations. You were showing me eighteen variations. Yeah, uh, the flavors, but flavors. also like protein, caffeine. Yeah, yeah, they do some weird shit. Maybe some crazy free. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with that, let's explain a little bit, and then we're gonna jump into you guys. Yeah, yeah. What is a seed A for the listeners? Uh, a series A. A series I mean. A? Series A. Yeah, I'd say Venture's got, like, you know, uh, a, a path companies typically follow. Call it pre-seed, seed, Series A, B, C, D, E, you know, so and so on and so on, as long as you remain a private company. And then eventually you're, you're expected to go public or sell to a strategic or something mm, yeah. like that. So really it's just an indication, A, B, C, of, like, how many prior rounds of fundraising you've got up to this point. Okay. So a Series A is kind of uh, the inflection point after which you're not a seed company anymore. You've raised some significant capital. Typically, you have product market fit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not going to be no customers for Oats Overnight, for example. They've got 40000 already. So there's yeah. something to their product that people want and there's like. There's some traction. Yeah. How long have they been in existence? Uh, six years. Six years, yeah. Six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've seen their, their name before. Maybe. I mean, um, they've been around. They're just they're now in Walmart. I think they've been in, what, Wegmans? Wegmans. And so they're still, still raising money? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're we're gonna lead the round, and then we're gonna have uh, RLPs come in. We, we can talk about how we're, we structure things. Okay. And then um, what's an RLP? A limited partner. So L- okay. Capital LP, Partners RLP. has okay. limited partners as well. Yeah. Okay. And so they're they're the source of the money. You know, what okay. I mean? they give us their money. We deploy it into the companies. Sing Capital. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sing Capital. Yes. Cool. All right. So a little bit about you guys. So Nick, where'd you grow up? DC, right outside DC suburb. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so what 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 did your parents do? Uh, dad was a, a real estate agent, and then uh, mom was housewife. And then when they split, she started her own like assisted living business. Yeah. Now she's got three of them breaking ground on a fourth. Yeah. So like when they divorced, it was crazy. Like she didn't. She was like went from housewife to like now bread breadwinner. You know, breadwinner. Yeah. And so she had like uh, she was back back in the day. She was like a model, like a fitness model. Yeah. So okay. she she was she knew how to do like PT and stuff like that, and she went into nursing. Great profession at the time, but. She wanted to get like more money, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so she saw this great opportunity when my grandma had to go to an assisted living home. It was like these assisted living homes, like they suck. You know yeah. what I mean? There's like huge opportunity to just have a like run a good shop. Yeah. And so they she literally converted our home into an assisted living home, moved us into the basement, and we like subdivided it. And so we like I grew up kind of like in her own business. Yeah. Right, going to high school like under the home and like seeing how she interacted with like her staff that she had to hire and, like, actually getting business and all this crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah, Jeez. it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. And then so who were you closest with growing up? Uh, prob- I mean, back and forth. You just divorced, right? So yeah. you're, you're bouncing. But um, probably eventually, like, she converted the whole, whole house into a sli- assisted living home before yeah. she moved on to her second home. And then after that, I jumped ship 
over to my dad and stayed with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then they'll be here for, for quite a while. And then are you just kind of back and forth still with them now? Like, or is there one that you're closer with? Uh, so th- dad passed away. Okay. Yeah. So, um, just her now, but I mean, she's, she's like, she's like living the dream. She's in Greece yeah. right now. She's traveling the world. <laughs> yeah. How'd she's d- like, if totally you don't mind me asking, how'd your dad pass away? Uh, he, uh, uh, took his own life. Okay. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. my buddy, I apologize. My buddy, it's his, it would have been a 21st birthday. So mm. when I took this, he took, he took his life. Maybe a week into me taking this opportunity. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so we were we were close. Definitely, mental health is, you know, something something that's really just huge right now. You know what I mean? Like it's probably like one out of every two podcasts. It's like it comes up. You know what I mean? Just yeah. in some way, shape, or form, directly impacting somebody indirectly, or so many different ways and variations. Mm. You know what I mean? So something I always try to touch on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like one of those like hidden things no one ever talks about, and yeah. it's like taboo to talk about. You know, now I mean that was a while ago, so you know it's. Yeah. There's been some passing of the time, which is kind of nice. Yes. Or, you know, not anyway, you know. Makes it a little nicer. It. Yeah, in comparison you to the You can talk about it without yes. me tearing up and, like, having to run out here. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But, uh, yeah, you know, it's tough. And, you know, I, I just don't, I think, you know, divorce is tough in general, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just be careful who you marry, is what I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So, growing up, going to school and everything like that, what, what were you doing? Were there any hobbies? Were anything that, like, really got your attention? Did you mm-hmm. like school? Did you not like school? Uh, school's all right. You know what I mean? Um, I went to public school. I didn't grow up in, like, I don't think, like, you know, middle class, typical kind of scenario, yeah. you know. Um, but my dad got me, like, into, like, trading in the markets really early on. Yeah. He was a real estate guy, so he was talking about real estate all the time, talking about markets all the time, things like that, trading. And so I, like, pushed him to let me, like, trade his account yeah. when I was, like, really young, like, doing really stupid shit, like, investing all of his money in Tesla and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did better than he did, though, by the way, you know what I mean, in terms of, like, returns. But um, was doing that when I was, like, 16 yeah I think. um you know just i'm you know in hindsight doing some really basic shit yeah but like getting into it getting into like reading 10ks understanding like what's yeah, going on or shit trying. you guys say i don't know what it means i mean honestly like it's just like a piece of it i'll ask for them but i'm gonna cover up a lot of it yeah. for asking for them but really i'm gonna ask for me no i mean just i mean <laughs> ask away <laughs> i mean i feel like i'm gonna be like for the listeners more so like for me the listener like right now like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like finance is like one of those things where like it's super gated because like financial advisors don't want people to actually know what yeah. things mean. Yeah, they yeah, want to yeah. make give this facade of like, oh, it's too complicated. Yeah, Let me no, deal but, with but it. like even like we've been hanging out the last couple of weeks. You ask great questions. I always appreciate the questions you ask because yeah. you know they're like actual genuine. Like you're interested in learning about it. Well, I like the fact that everything's built around like equity and like it, it's more so I, I perceive like venture capitalism and private equity, something that I want to venture into yeah. with my, like when my shit starts to liquidate, cause like right now I'll, I generate gross, yeah. like good mm-hmm. amount of money. But like after one, either one, I got to increase the, the, the margin just in general. I just yeah. got to like 10 X the business so that I can 10 X the profit margin. Right. But ultimately I have a book of business that'll eventually start paying me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? As, as debt clears out of it. Cause when we write a policy, this is a tangent real quick on life insurance. When we write a policy, they advance us essentially 12 months in commission. Uh-huh. In commission, yeah. you know what I mean? So yep. 13 months is when it starts to consistently pay in passive form, uh, a percentage. Oh, I see. And yeah. so like 4 or 5% <coughs> on the it, underwritten premium. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so we get a higher percentage as, as owners, you know what I mean? So anywhere you can get up to you know 10%, whatever it mm, might be, yeah. off of the whole book of business. Mm. So if we generate $4 million last year, hypothetically, 60% should sound. So like our, our book of business just off two, two years of being a business is valued at roughly $2 million. So they owe me a million dollars, and they owe my partner a million dollars, Simon, mm-hmm. as well. And that, that would perform residually as well. So it's like an infinite million dollars as long as they don't cancel, die, 
where the business has to get replaced. Yep. Which yep. life insurance is cool because, you, you know, essentially as you get older, it gets more expensive. So it's not like you're like, oh, I had a good year. I didn't die or have near-death experience. I'm going to go out and get better insurance. Well, buddy, you're mm-hmm. older. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like Jeez. the odds of you finding more for less is slim to none because it's regulated. It's, it's regulated, yeah. regulated by the Department of Insurance. But also, fun fact, because so, I want to make this a clip, uh, it's backed by NOLGA, so the National Organization of Guaranteed Life and Health Association. Mm. Okay. will back each individual policy up to $250,000. Banks crash, your money's not protected. But the economy crashes, life insurance is protected. Mm. Well, is, is that true? Because aren't, aren't banks backed up to two hundred fifty k? They might. So, yeah, so, but they have to have that shit in the window where mm-hmm. they're like protected. It'll be like FDIC, whatever. Right. I don't know where they're protected through some type of federal right. XYZ, whatever. Some are, not all of them are. Mm. You know what I mean? Because when you look back to you just read history. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all the depressions and so many books that you'll read where it's like, yeah, we couldn't even access our money, especially in other countries, yeah, which yeah. isn't really relevant to us. But like. I saw this story the other day about like this dude like had his money locked up in Turkey or something, and he like held everybody hostage. Oh yeah, I mean I don't know if I call my money in Turkey safe. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, if it's, like, if it's in like Chase or whatever, that's fine. But it's only your your, your the what the cash return on your policy or is this, this cash is like, value? Is yeah, whole life. You're, yeah, you're, whole life policy. Yeah, like yep. so you're getting like guaranteed returns. There. It's not like a checking account where you get like one percent, less than one percent. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. So yeah, it's a little absolutely. bit different, especially if it's like variable life or something like that. So those are those are more the sophisticated products. Yeah, I'm like yeah. the McDonald's of insurance. Oh, so you're just like just hold cut life. and dry, yeah, cut, yeah, yeah, cut yeah. and dry. Make keep it simple, man. Because yes. those, those po- the universal life pol- or uh, variable life policies, like I they, was looking at them, and they, they cap your upside though. Yeah, they cap it. So like I think they cap like twelve percent. So like the market risk yes. of thirty, you only got twelve. The insurance yes. company's walking away with the rest of your money. They're walking away with the rest, and then also if you're during if like you're experiencing you know just times where you maybe can't fund the policy in correspondence to what it would need to be funded to. Mm the cost of insurance increases year over year as well. Mm. So when you look at the decimals, that shows you the cost of insurance. There's a projection page in each life insurance book, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. shows you the cost of insurance. It goes up inevitably. Mm-hmm. And so it typically starts to double in your later years. Mm. If you can't afford the difference, they pull it from the cash value you've accru- accrued over the years. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the policy can deplete itself, and then it'll lapse. And then if you can't afford the bill, you don't even get you don't get nothing back, and you can't have the policy anymore. Yeah. So you can't be like, oh, honey, I have $100,000 left for you. No. No, you don't. Matasaka. <laughs> you don't got it. You uh-uh. know what I mean? Geico's got it, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> somebody yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. made a, a come up. But, but that's I was thinking that, too. I was like, I wonder how many people actually keep their life insurance until death. Because there's a lot of money just being made. Just surrendering it or whatever? They just forget just to pay. They change bank account yeah. information. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a that's a really good way to get rich. It's like, you know what I mean? Like you're mm. selling something that's a non-tangible. There's no cost mm. really to produce life insurance aside from time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're just taking money, investing money into MTFs, whatever. There's somebody out there smart that's taking all this fucking money mm-hmm. and investing it. Mm-hmm. But there's no like co- like we don't have any engineers to build a product or anything like that. We're, the only cost would be the salaried employees because yep. the rest of us are just 1099. Mm-hmm. Um, but but from that I'm like, dude, if all, let's just say hypothetically only 30 percent of people keep their life insurance until death, billions of dollars of life insurance goes in force almost on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. means 70 percent of that just these are just random numbers mm-hmm. is just going to be kept. By yeah. the people, I'm the people. I'm like flaming myself, right? You are. You're screwing yourself, I'm dude. I'm flaming myself. Yeah, so hopefully no customers. Nobody like, watches these. Yeah. <laughs> My mom does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> we're, we're 20 minutes in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At, they turn it They off capped out. We're not Joe Rogan. Yeah, we're not yeah. Landon. Yeah, exactly. shout out in their 20s. Yeah, that's a shout out. Yeah. Yes, bro. Let's skip over to you real quick, and yeah. then we're gonna come back to you and experience college with you. What the hell was growing up for you like? Yeah, man, it was interesting. Uh, you know, my dad. 
came here, I think, in the 80s and was left here by his dad. So him wow. and his brother were just kind of in the city, 17, 18. Dude. Grew up down there. Chicago? Uh, yeah, Chicago. Okay. Um, he was always a salesperson, so Bloomingdale's. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had a family. We were in the city for a bit, but four or five, you know, school is expensive down there. Um, or at least a good school is expensive down there. So came to the Burbs, Bartlett, um, public school for most of my life. He, he hopped around a couple different jobs. I mean, sales is kind of, you know, tricky where I think he was doing ties for a bit. Then he was doing handmade carpets and rugs. Yep. Uh, you know, economy crashes all one, mm. changes jobs. Not, not only changes jobs, but it's actually kind of funny. Uh, on, top of our, on top of our garage, we put an American flag. And I thought it was dope. I was, you know, six or seven. I was, I was no, I was five or six. Um, I was like, yo, this is cool. We have an American flag. It looks pretty cool, like, on top of the garage. I realized, you know, 10 years later, that was because it was 9-11. My dad, you know, wears a turban, and we don't want the people to think, you know, the wrong idea here. Mm. Yeah. So just to show that, you know, we are from here, we put the American flag out. But that, that was always trippy to me later on of, you know. We're not just being prideful. I had a I had a comedian from the city. What's his name? Is his name Zaid? Uh, Zaid Is it? I'm just I just racified his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No worries. All right. Well, he was telling me because I don't know if he lived in Indiana, mm-hmm. and he they had determined everything like that. And right after 9/11, yeah. he, he got ran off the road like Jeez. like his mom did. He's like yeah. five six years old. He yeah. got ran. They got ran off the road. And people would name call, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, just terrorists and things like that, mm-hmm. all yeah. while growing up. Yeah. And I can't even imagine being like six, seven, eight years old, or grow- yeah. and having mm-hmm. zero idea, whatever. Like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, know? I remember like you know specifically being like third, fourth grade here in like Osama and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it didn't even register, you know, eight, nine, whatever yes. you are. It didn't make. Sense. I just kept walking. It didn't you know, bug me really. Yes. But you know, honestly, growing up, you would think I'd get bullied a lot. I know a lot of. A lot of guys that look like me that got bullied a lot. Yeah. Um, honestly, pretty thankful and grateful. Uh, great friends, middle school, high school. Yeah. Maybe, you know, one, two, three occurrences, but nothing nothing crazy. Who were you closest with growing up? I think my mom, because she was stay at home, right? So yeah. she'd stay at home. And then are you still close today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think everyone says me and my mom are pretty alike. So yeah. she, she's the boss, um, kind of, you know, she was always stay at home, but... The last 10 years, she's kind of in your game as well. Insurance and yep. financial services. Yeah, uh, She's been crushing it. Part of our pitch, because we'll get the, well, I'm a stay-at-home wife. Yeah. I'm a mm. stay-at-home mom. There's no point in me having life insurance. Mm. Well, if you look up the projected like valuation of a stay-at-home mom, it's a six-figure-plus job. Mm. Yeah. Like, the value that stay-at-home. And so it's like, like they love whatever, seeing yeah. it. Because I would I, back in the day when I would sell, I'd Google it. I'd show them. This, yeah. was, this was four or five years ago when I had to sell insurance. Yeah. And I'd show them, and I'd use it to build them up. I'd be like, you know, like, numbers don't lie. You know mm. what I mean? You make mm. more than your husband Joe here, you know, who's a who's a steel worker at a union making 50 grand a year. It's like, you're technically twice as more valuable as him, meaning we need to put twice as much as insurance on dude, you. There yeah. you go, there you go. Yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. kids is a full-time job, man. Kids, mm. oh my God, dude. That's a million dollars. I always tell people, your children are either a million-dollar liability or <laughs> asset. Either way, they're going to cost you a million dollars. The outcome is in your hands. There you go. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. It's like, your, your child, I look at it as like your, your next big, you know, penny stock. You yeah. know what I mean? It's mm. like, you're gonna be able to convert. You guys would know better than me because can a penny? Because <laughs> is a penny stock? Is that already a public company? It j- just mm-hmm. went public. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right or no? Yeah, it's, it's public. It's, but public. it's, like, it's like a penny. Or it's, it's a penny. Like yeah. It's a baby. Anything under like a two. So it's like a startup going public immediately. Yeah, kind of. It, I mean, it's, 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 it's less about the value of the company, more just like one, how many shares are out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically, penny stocks are not the smartest investment. 
Yes. They're, they're not doing too well. To Children are not a smart investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but how would that, how would a penny, like, because I'm curious, how would like a, a penny stock company compare to a startup? What's, what would be the difference? Uh, I mean, I think like penny stock companies can result from a couple different things. One, it could have been like a real company that just became a penny stock because all of like the prospect vanished, the business didn't work, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's still a public company. So it's like on the verge of being delisted or getting out the door, right? Yeah. It's gone. Oh, there's a lot of penny companies that are like, commodity focused so like they have mineral rights that are unverified or something like that or like there's like a mine you know what I mean yeah so like basically like there's no actual business together to yeah. make it like a normal stock okay uh, but there's enough business there where it could be public okay. versus like a private company which is yeah. like mm, I mean a private company could be anything to be honest with you but yeah. a lot yeah. of companies start you can't start off as like a penny stock you have to start off as a private company then go public but, but like even Backing out just a little bit more simpler, the, the share price of a st- of the actual stock and actual company does yeah. not justify what the it, it doesn't represent what the value of the company is. Mm-hmm. So you could have a stock that's a thousand bucks, but there's just less shares so out like there. So like our parent company is Globe Life. Their mm-hmm. stock trades at a hundred dollars per share. Yep. Are you saying the the share price doesn't reflect the value of could, the company? How how, yeah. how how big is the company? How much are they, are they worth? I think it's got to be worth eight or nine billion. Globe Life. So the, the, I mean, they can uh, now. What's the terminology in Google? Like globe life worth or globe life value? Market cap. Yeah, like enterprise market value. Market cap. They're probably cap. market cap. Yeah, market cap. Market cap's good too. But I mean, like market nine point six two billion cool. is the market capitalization. So they yeah. could do a stock split. So well, you, you might guys have heard some Tesla and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, said, well, I mean, I'd, I'd invest in you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hear that. So go ahead. What were you talking about? The so market cap? I, I, you can always have a stock split. So okay. Tesla's done it. We I think do. Amazon's, t- we've done a since I've been here over the last five or six. This will be five years. We've done two. There you go. Mm-hmm. And it's been pretty much on the nose. It looks like they they do them like every five to ten years. Okay. Because they've done it was right when I started 2017. Okay. And then I think just this year, um, another one. Yeah, a lot. But a lot of people do them. I I go through to feel more like you guys, and I will read our like quarterly analysis mm-hmm. reports or whatever mm-hmm. on this stock mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, the cues. I'm, like, I'm like, oh my god, dude, these. Kids. I have zero idea what this shit is. Mm-hmm. Here's our here's here's how we've done over mm-hmm. the last. I mean, uh, I mean, you see that? Well, well, so it's all green. <laughs> so I mean, bas- basically, well, I mean, if your if your stock is a hundred bucks or ten bucks, yeah, it doesn't really matter. That's just the number of shares out there. Okay. So you could have one share for a hundred bucks, but then if you issue like if you issue more shares or just like have a stock split, yeah, your one share you could split up ten different ways and make it ten bucks. Well, the, the other thing is with that graph, it mm-hmm. only went back to twenty twelve. So you missed like oh eight, and you or you missed uh, like oh six to oh eight oh nine. Okay. So like it's well, like, that was a ten year. The all that was a ten year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the all here goes back to eighty five. It looks like. Oh, but yeah. if you oh, look up older shit. Yeah, 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 if you look up Globe Life, they're, they're massive. Well, life well, technically, itself is like amazing. Globe Life was, yeah. had a name change in two thousand. I don't know when they changed their their name. I want to say two thousand eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Mm. They were Torchmark. So okay. technically, Globe Life's Torchmark. If you look up Torchmark Corporation, or whatever, it started mm. in like nineteen. 08 or something oh, like dude, that. Insurance. There's this like, is a hundred year old company. It, that I think like I, I did look. I look at this. The average like age of a life insurance company is like 120 years old. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I would ridiculous. never create one because it you wouldn't get hyper rich. No. Into your great grandkids or something. So like mm. for me, I feel like getting hyper rich is like the pursuit of that is going to be getting as much liquid capital as soon as possible mm. through the insurance. Mm-hmm. And then starting to invest in like PE, like I, I would love to like go in and like buy somebody if if this is how yeah, it fucking yeah. works based off this documentary. It's on HBO, oh, yeah, yeah. HBO Max. I'm gonna blame them on this description <laughs> I'm about to give. Mm. But 
going in, looking at like a failing company and seeing how much equity I could buy up so I could be yep. like a majority owner or something. Yep. Am I on the right track? Kind of. Yeah, uh, there's, there's different variations. See, don't say mm -hmm, if I'm wrong. No, no, no. Well, so, some mean, people I mean, do like 10%, 50%. Like, well, yeah. that's like very hands-on. Like you're saying like, you want to buy a business, fix it up, and like... No, I know. don't want to fix it. I just want to essentially buy it and replace the CEO. I feel like everything pretty much rises and falls on leadership. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's... Like, I want to identify well, but, a good product through a business, good product or service. Yeah. Like, that's great. You guys are only failing. Or I would, I would look at it and be like, I feel like that could be worth twice as much. Mm -hmm. And then I would go in buy as much as I can of that business to give me like decision power to like sit on a board or something yeah. mm -hmm. so we mm -hmm. could elect a new CEO and then I would have heavy influence and be like that's going to be the new CEO, CFO, whatever position I feel like would need to be replaced mm. and then oh, get like a new it. evaluation of the company over the yeah. next well, three to five years. There's a couple different like ways if you want to But I like the way you if, think well, though. Well, yeah. if you want to go into like how private equity creates value for Yeah, how does it actually create value? Here we go. There's like a couple different things and we, we, we backed a couple private equity platforms and like it depends. Different private equity managers have different styles of how they want to go out there. But generally, I'd say like there's some tried and true stuff. Tried and true is you buy a business, you use a very significant amount of debt, and so after as you say you buy this for 100 million bucks, you use 90 million of debt that you go out and borrow, just numbers, and 10 million of equity capital. So you pay all the debt back after five years. You've got a hundred million dollar company, assuming no growth, no deterioration or anything like yeah. that. 100 million equity with a 10 million dollar check in because you pay back all the debt. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yes. you just 10x your, your money, right? Yeah. And then you've got what would probably be a free cash flow generating asset. So you are you paid. replacing anybody or anything, or are you just you, maintaining so growth there's of the like, There's like two pieces. One is like the fin mm -hmm. that's financial engineering. So the financial engineering is you, it's called a, a leverage buyout, LBO. You go in, use a shit ton of debt, buy an asset, put very little equity down, and oh, you're buying the, the company. Right, right. But you're buying it with very little of your own money. You're yeah, using all you the base money. And how do you get approved for such a big ass? Do you have you go to go in with like a firm or something. You, like you go to a bank. A bank will. I mean, there are bank loans. I could go to the it. bank and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna buy." Maybe yes you know no. what I mean. Yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, they, I'm gonna buy Giordano's down the road for <laughs> thirty mil. You, so you could. It depends. Like, and how, I want twenty from you. Guys. How big you're going? Are you buying like oh, like a ten million dollar business or sub? Are you buying like a fifty million? Are you a hundred yeah. million dollar business? There's different loans for different things. I can tell you, like the SBA SBA loans can be used to Small do business, this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it depends how big you're going, but but generally the strategy, it, one of the strategies is just use very little of your own equity, put a lot of debt in, pay off the debt, and you've got an asset, right, that you paid basically very little for with your own money. Okay. And then you can take that asset, you, you could borrow against it if you wanted to, you could sell it, you could do all kinds of stuff, but you've magnified your initial investment pretty well with leverage, which is the, the bank's capital. And then there's other things you do at the company um, where you sure you could try and improve profits and all this other stuff, right? And improve like you know net income, more revenue. And when you show margins. a valuation of the of a business to get it sold, do, how far can you show like a projection? Twelve months, like I mean, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> ten years, man. I mean, yeah. What like, what does a VC? What does an investor take legitimately? Oh, like twelve months, like max. Twelve months. So yeah, P, yeah, yeah, twelve months, maybe two how years. How is that even a relevant like? One of the best books I've read, probably in my lifetime, right mm -hmm. back here, Jeff Bezos invent and wander, and mm. he, it's just just a little, just basically like uh, almost like diary he wrote to himself in the process of building yeah. Amazon. And he's like measuring a business. You almost want to measure things in like five to seven year increments. Yeah. So, 
that's such a drawn out long process. I'm like, yeah, but, but that that's that's like you thinking of you're trying to build your business, right? Yeah, you're, you're thinking of your long term goals. Okay, I can see as an investor, it's like, what's going to be the annual return? Yeah, like, can you, we yeah. average eight percent, ten percent? Right. Yeah, it's like you can't say, okay, my business is going to have like a hundred million in revenue in five years, so I'm going to value it based on that because you don't. Like each yeah, like so year like you got guys, it's such a bigger target yeah. the variation of like what happened. So I mean we, we look at historicals. We we normally ask for I think like three years, yeah. three years historicals, kinda judge, you know, how's the growth like, mm. how consistent is it? Oh man, I gotta show you guys my three years. You you're definitely it's big. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then you ask for like the next twelve months. Well, okay, what are you projecting? I'm gonna I'm well, gonna I'm gonna grab them just because I want to. You wanna Let's do, do it? it. Yeah. Let's do it. Um because because I you know, the what's what's probably amazing and this is like a phenomena and like and 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 Buffett kind of talks about this a little bit, but it's very easy to get awesome growth in small dollars. Yeah, right? and small dollars oh for God, normal yes. people is like a fuck ton of money. Like I'm talking like sub twenty five hey, million. What's the folder you know here? What I mean? what's, what's the folder here? Oh, this is my uh, high school diploma. Yeah, I can tell. Remind me <laughs> with the te- with the K ones or whatever. I gra- so I graduated in seventeen from a, a cyber school, and okay. I pay- I paid my mom to do the school. So I, I got you paid her. Yeah, I, I got expelled my sophomore year and I stopped going. I went like a high school dropout, basically. I like so, it. I like it. Wrap it, man. Wrap it. This was my first year selling insurance. So 2018, it was 114. Jeez. The 2019. Yeah, yeah. But that's you acting as agent. Yes. Right. So, so you're working for this money. This is yes, your, your, your time. 1099 through American Income Life. Yeah, yeah. And technically, every every contract essentially, even as an owner, I was a franchise owner. Yeah, but yeah. But you can yeah. start to see the, the swing up. 2020, when COVID hit, I did 345. And then, Ultimately, just essentially the company is 10xing because for me to make this, yeah. you know what I mean, it, it has to double in regard to growth. Yeah. And this was this was last year's. Yeah, but 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 that one is this not is just your own yeah. labor, right? That's yeah. the company overall. This well, no. this is all me. That's all you. Oh, that's all 50, you. But fifty percent of this is all of me. Yeah, yeah, but but also you're getting, and this is like the magic of compounding. This there's compounding returns of premium, right? So like the people you sold insurance in the first, you know, oh yeah 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 so yes. you've got a snowball effect but like that's not just these that yeah so these accounts essentially pay me about three thousand dollars a month right now yeah but this account so because as a, my spread as a uh, managing rep mm-hmm. was like two to three percent yeah the spread here is about ten percent off of the whole book the whole company yeah 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 place so, this, so they, that's why this is about worth the two million dollars yeah this one's probably worth a million dollars so like and they give me three percent of that. What do you, and I, I feel like I have a lot of friends in this scenario where they're, they have so much liquidity. Yes. Well, where, where are you putting your liquidity right now? All of it goes, so like the transition, like my prof, my profitability margin off that 345 would have been probably closer to like 40%, whereas like my profitability right now is like 1%, you know what I mean? Mm, it all goes back in the business. It all goes, yeah. Right, yeah, right. so it's like. Yeah, you the, mentioned that. I, yeah. One of my office, I have another office across the street that I'm stuck in because I inherited this book of business. Mm. So I inherited this franchise. It was a retiree. Mm. He retired 20 years in the business. And you bought his business? Te- technically, they don't sell it. Mm. They give it to the best up and comer. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they, they keep the, the yeah they keep it within. He keeps his passive income, but they American Income Life keeps the policies. So you you don't sell your book of business. Mm. So there's no exit for us. A broker could exit, could sell his book of business. So Got it. you follow Patrick Bet David on Instagram? Mm-mm. No. He's a he's a huge insurance mogul. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he would be an Ed Milet. Mm. He was an mm. insurance. Okay. He was a broker though. Yeah. So he could sell his brokerage. Yes. Because essentially you you accumulate this book of business that you own. Yeah. Yeah. We middleman the book of business and but we get paid off of it indefinitely. 
mm. as long as we don't legally breach our contracts. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? But you can't exit. So yes. if you got like a perpetuity, you could sell the perpetuity though. I know people who do buy those kinds of things. You'd so have to break that down. What like, do like, so like you have like a perpetuity in meaning that you've got a stream of income that yes. will go on for a very long time. Yeah. So I've thought about, I've thought about even selling streams of income of like ha- getting quicker liquid money now, mm. like yep. saying, Hey, listen, you guys give me a million dollars right now. I'll put you in a position, just go get your insurance license and I'll put you in a position where there's a team underneath you. Mm. And once it generates 1.1, 1. 1, mm. I don't know when that would take, you know what I mean? It yeah, could take yeah. a year. It could take four years, mm-hmm. but you get 10% of your money back. Mm. I just want a million dollars right now because mm. I know if I get that million right now, I'll just go buy, you know, two Lamborghinis and it will double my business. Yeah. You know, because yeah, yeah. for us, it's perception. From the branding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For the branding, the perception, it's like we want to have that hot, flashy, well, that Wolf can, of Wall can, Street you vibe. You can do that. I mean, so, so right. I mean, you've got recurring income coming from this book of business right now. Yes. Right? So you can technically, now I don't know, now this is this is going on to what, may, I don't know. So we, we've done, this is called revenue factoring in yeah. some ways. We've seen revenue factoring, we've, back, we've invested in companies like Spotter, which is revenue factoring for YouTube ad videos. Yeah. Right? So YouTube's generate recurring revenue off the advertising. So if you want a bunch of YouTube videos, mm-hmm. you've got advertising coming in. This one right here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you've got like a million in ad revenue coming in next year, projected, right? Someone will buy that million of ad revenue today for, call it like 900000 right? Mm-hmm. And so you basically sold forward your, your business. Another one is like SaaS revenue. So say you've got like a subscription SaaS company. SaaS is software as a service. So like your what's a good SaaS company? I can't think of anything. Like I don't know. Like uh, if you pay for like Hub, uh, HubSpot or like Zapier, anything, anything that like any like like software product that like just charges you like five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, or whatever, right? That's recurring revenue that these businesses bank on, and they can project that out, and then they can sell that forward. So if I'm a SaaS company and I've like got $100,000 a month coming in of subscriptions. You could sell it. I make $1.2 million a year, right? I can sell that $1.2 million for next year today for 900 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Million bucks. So the same thing, same principle could exist uh, for insurance, call it like perpetuity or premiums mm-hmm. or whatever. You have recurring revenue coming in from your book of business. You could sell that forward for liquidity today to reinvest in your business and accelerate growth. I like that. But I don't know if that exists. That might be a whole new business. Hey, some listener needs to figure out this, this shit out because right, that we'll, could be a whole we'll, thing. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Simone's like, yeah. Ah, don't figure this shit out. <laughs> I'll do it. I do it. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't figure this shit yeah, out. Yeah, but, but I mean, I think, I mean, that, uh, like, because insurance is such an old business, I feel like it exists. I feel like it, like, yeah, it's it, so it probably old. does. It probably does. Yeah, but also maybe not because insurance is like super, like, archaic. Like, I mean, you look at like some of these insurance companies that have sprouted out, they've sprouted out because it's so old. And it's so entrenched right. that there's not a lot of like tech disruption in insurance. Yeah, and you see companies like Lemonade and Hippo and all these other guys. I mean, I know those stock prices are. You, you guys know, had your out. one friend uh, we went to to dinner with. He showed up late, he, but he works for Acushure, I think. Yeah, Acushure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, but that's like, where I was for two years. Was Pittsburgh, and then oh, I just really? had ex Pittsburgh Steeler on yeah, yeah, Ryan yeah. Chazier. Oh, Very so good. that that was the poster outside. Yes, yeah. I was looking at Nick. I'm like, that's a that's a football player. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was out here. I think we actually talked about Acushure. Mm. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but I was trying to get some ideas in regard to because I was asking your buddy and I was trying to put two and two together in regard to like how much that deal. Well, they're but they're to. they're buying like whole brokerages, right? Yes. It must be, and the brokerages aren't only streams of income. It's a new business coming in, and I think they're artificial uh, AI uh, insurance or something. I don't know. I, th- I think they 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 might have something that some like, type of tech involved where it's not like I think they removed the the need for a sales rep or something I don't know. They, really. So if it's like Lemonade or Ethos. I don't know if you're familiar with any of those life insurance companies, but like um, there's a, like a there's a software that exists that lets you underwrite without an agent. Yeah, and it's pure questionnaire base, 
And then on the back end, uh, my understanding is they plug into different things yeah. to verify what you're saying is correct yeah. or not. Um, and then from, from there, I mean, you cut out the cost of actually having an agent yeah. and you reduce your, your overhead by a substantial amount. I mean, yes. all, all like software really does is takes the human element out of a lot of things, yeah. which is the number one cost in most businesses. Yep. Right. Uh, and that's why, I mean, I, I mean, we've looked at a couple of these businesses and like their margins are like insane. So like some of these automated life insurance companies, margins are like 40% to the yeah. bottom line. Like yeah. it's That's insane. Bottom. Yeah. After expenses, taxes, all that is that bottom line? Straight cash flow. Holy fuck. Yeah. Well, That's think about it. It's your, your originating policy, but I think about losing your number one expense. Yeah. Then your biggest expense becomes customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's a black hole of money. You could See, see. Yeah, I think that's and where that's the human comes into play. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like for customer acquisition, it's just I rely so heavily on like just treating people so well mm. and building a culture around ultimately just compensating people, people making so much money for treating people well and then ultimately making them have this environment that they love being in mm. yep. where it just generates even more clients but even more mm. employees. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even more individuals that come to come to work here. Mm-hmm. So that's like my my biggest expense but my biggest asset simultaneously it's both i mean yeah, i mean both. if you got to look at like uh customer acquisition cost as a function of like yeah you know, ad spend and marketing and payroll right um and see how that stacks up to some of these other insurance companies that don't really have agents yeah and see how competitive you are my un- my guess is you're probably more competitive if that's the environment you've got here yes right oh absolutely yeah that's where we're going to be people in the long run. Imagine making them tech enabled though. I think that's interesting is because like your agents right now, do they have like software that they can use to basically underwrite policy faster, better, stronger, you know, all that kind of stuff. So everything is done through CRM and through a laptop presentation as well. It's all mm. pretty like that's sales. That's all, all sales though, right? Like, yeah, that's all heavy, sales. heavy sales, sales element. You can't replace, but like, what do they, I guess, I guess you're using a CRM, so yeah, it should be good. But I mean, in terms of like their time, I guess the right question is like... The biggest thing we could save on their time being expended and not producing more right now right. is the amount of time they spend calling to generate presentations. Mm. So if I could eliminate, if I if I could put an agent in a position where they could just talk and ask 20 people a day if they were to yeah. buy life insurance opposed to just calling mm. and trying to get in front of one person for the day... Uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could, you know, uh, hypothetically 100x the business, you know, overnight. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what you should look in there? If it's a heavy call-based business, you should look into there's like AI, comp- like, a- like um, what are they? They're, they're not chatbots, but they're they're comparable where they can like take leads for calls. Okay. And cycle. We f- use call burner or phone oh, maybe, burner right now. What does that do? And you just plug in all, so they plug in all their leads yeah. and it'll just auto call like, all oh, it will do that until it there picks one up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we've been using that a lot, but we find people don't like answering nowadays when I don't answer nothing. If yeah. I, I don't recognize it and I don't get a text or a voicemail that says like, well, I got money it, for you or I'm going to take your money. We'll text them. That's the other thing. The like text is now moving to be the more preferred. I'm having our people text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but an auto texter, I don't know. That would be something we'd I'd have to le- like legally check. Mm. Is just make sure if we could if we could auto text the whole thing. But uh, technically, yes, we individually text them all. I'm gonna yeah. put a reminder in my sales group right now. To make yeah. sure they're but, texting. But, but it's gonna move, and we've seen it move with some companies where it it's becoming much more AI driven. Mm-hmm. So you're really having kind of that conversation with an AI that tees it up all the way basically a warm lead to your salesperson. And so the salespeople do a lot less outbound calling and really do inbound from this AI texter. Yes. Right. And it's, I mean, we've seen it work at, at a couple of different companies themselves and it's, it, uh, 
the people, the managers, we the sales managers we've talked to is like saying like, oh, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> we have a lot of, we've basically spoiled our sales agents now. They don't do anything yeah. cold. It's yep. all warp. Well, one guy said, what, 20% of the revenue came from? They got like team? a 20% yeah. revenue bump just yeah, on yeah. just on incorporating some of this stuff. So, I mean, that's like the, I'd say like tech enablement. I, I don't think, you can't take the human out of it completely, but I think you can make humans like much more productive just with software. Um, whether that's, Having them spend more time in the value add, which is the sales, yep. or making the actual like sales conversions much more much stronger. Yes. Right? So they're actually spending their time closing real deals. Not yes, closing. closing more. So closing real deals, closing more deals. That that's the biggest thing for us. So I think I'd like there there is there is someone in our company that has broken the barrier of like they they have these this system that mm-hmm. like like every lead that put it's put into your database is what I, I've heard. There's an email and a text sent with a picture of the agent mm. that's going to be calling. Mm. Hey, Joe, congratulations! Really? You know what I mean. You you qualified for you know a life insurance appointment X Y Z whatever. Your agent David is going to be reaching out in between three to four, and it's the agent. You can see the face mm. with this phone number mm. and their phone number. So now they already like it could pop pop up. You know what I yeah. mean. Or if you text somebody, hey, this is Joe, and then you call them. Mm. Typically with the phone now, it'll mm-hmm. say maybe Joe. Mm. Oh, that's really? Good. That's good. Oh, idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll put that. In. I just remembered that. Maybe put that. In <coughs> that's that's right pretty. Like Let's that. jump into uh, hobbies when you were growing up. Anything that you like did or like? Was there anything that stuck out that you yeah. really liked Sports, doing? Sports, man. Sports what what was always. your sport? Basketball. I mean, I was never the best. You know, not not super athletic, but uh, I think you know sports and kind of growing up in, in Chicago with D Rose. D-, D Rose was there. Kobe was there. Um, Nick knows I'm a big Kobe guy. Big, mm. big Kobe guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, man, that that got me through a lot. Just yes. like, just you know, you're you're by yourself, take a ball and a hoop, and you, you just that's therapy right there. Yes. Just just shoot it out by yourself. Who was your favorite player? Kobe. Kobe, Kobe. over Jordan. Yeah. For real? I, I'm born in '96, right? So like, okay. Jordan was there. I just phasing out. Yeah. yeah, he's phasing out. Kobe, Kobe was drafted in '96. Yeah. Um, and then growing up, I think I think my cousin introduced me to him. It was like 2K, and Kobe hit a buzzer beater. And I, was, I was like seven or eight. I'm like, how the hell you you know hit a buzzer beater? He's like, oh, it's Kobe, man. I'm like, Kobe, like who's Kobe? And ever since like that, like, that like sparked something. We're like, you know, seven, eight. Yes. The rest of my life, I've, I've been watching Kobe. And I so, think, how long did you play for? Oh, I mean, I, I still play just like you know friends, but all of elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, yeah, man. Dope. So, and then. As you're going to college, where'd you guys go to college? DePaul, baby. DePaul, but I, st- I started off at uh, mm. community college. Mm. Community college, worked your way up to DePaul. Did you do all four years at DePaul? Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. yeah. yeah, hold yeah. On. What'd you guys study? We, you, I was finance. Uh, well, I started out as accounting. I started off as accounting. Yeah, I switched I to finance. I realized that was a mistake. Sorry, all you accountants out there auditing is terrible. And then yeah. uh, hopped over to uh, finance. What do you guys think about, have you seen that stuff about like they're going to like arm people for the IRS or something? They're gonna, they're gonna, they well, they increase a lot of spending for the IRS. People are like, think it's a witch hunt to like yeah. root out, like, ta- I mean, I don't buy into that shit too much. I mean, you can try. I think like one of the things like the government re- does a really good job of is throwing a lot of money at something and drastically like reducing the efficiency of the capital spend. Yeah. So like you could spend so much money on insurance, like IRS, but like the incremental like Law of payback of your yeah money yeah the diminishing returns is gonna exist. So like these 
insurance agents aren't going to go after the small business guy. They're going after like the billionaire millionaires the big fish. who've yeah. got like a whole team of people. They've got, I mean, we, I know what they've got. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, they're making sure that they're paying their, their fair share, right? It's, it's a write-off. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I don't. I uh, I think the also the IRS has been understaffed for quite a while. Yeah. Right. Um, I think this is just like, it's like a know nothing headline. People get scared about it. Yeah. You know, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So, something else crazy yeah. is happening. Yeah. Behind I mean, the I don't make enough money for to, to worry about. I'll put that yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah if yeah. I was shaking in my boots and I would be paying the newspapers to go sprint, this is gonna affect everybody. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I feel that. So and then. What was college like for you guys then? Let's start with you, and then we'll come to you. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, we both we both in Chicago. It's Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's right in the middle of Chicago, which is awesome. So you come to the city. You're what was the highlight? The highlight? Oh man, uh, I think the highlight was just like in, like the the grind was pretty fun. Of that like the, the environment. That yeah. said, yeah, like you wake up in the morning, you go take the like I don't know like the daily like red line train down to the loop. You learn about you know what you're passionate about. Like I'm passionate about finance, right? So like, yeah. I'm learning like what I, what I like doing. And then you, I, the big thing with the Paul is like, you go do your, your experiential learning. So you do your internship, right? So I interned at like a, a mid-market bank in Chicago, investment bank in Chicago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and does so, that connect you with where you're at now? Uh, it, it taught me a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, bankers get like brutalized, um, uh, <laughs> into like knowing a bunch of stuff, being sharp, presenting, knowing what, what all licenses do they need to have? Uh, you need like your what your your series seven and a couple other things. But I, I was a, I was an intern, so I didn't need anything okay. like that. And then I never went into full fledged banking. Did you get any licenses at all? No, okay. I, I did like the SIE, SIE was like nothing yeah. very important. Okay. And then I think I took the the sixty five for fun. For fun, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because like we thought about doing some some investment management. Oh stuff yeah, yeah. For a we, while. we were thinking about doing something. Yeah, something you know, managed yeah. some some friends money in like publics and stuff like that because we we thought we had some strategies and stuff. But we we had a strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean. Uh, uh, so I mean, you you don't need. We didn't need to get anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, that but that was like the thing is like you're in the city. You're you're like in that new like you know professional life or whatever. Yeah. You you yeah. think you're you're the professional or you know doing this school and the internship and the and the train and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And the commute and, and you're kind of like engrossed in in like caught like no, being an adult. No, the Paul was cool because we had this environment of like 30, 45 people where they they were all hyper competitive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that that's what like got me like going was like the competition, but also like. There's 45 other smart-ass people here yeah. that I, I can learn from and I got to compete against. So yeah. that, that really helps it a lot. It puts you it's in so that key. room of, like, people who all are, like, as, like, financially nerd, at least for me, like, finance nerds yeah. Yeah. together. And you can talk about shit and it's, like, another language to other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, you, it, you, in some ways it's good because you can, like, go really deep on certain That's things. That's why I just say I'm in life insurance. And a few times I've said, like, finance, someone will bring something up and I'm like, I'm like, I've read uh, Ben Graham's Intelligent Investor, but I yeah. didn't un- understand it. Like, mm. if, like, if you asked me the hardest book I've read, it was that book. I was like, yeah. the only thing I picked up out of it was an MTF. You know what I mean? There were so many mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. Have you guys, do you know what book I'm talking about? I know Paul Graham's book. I don't I it is. It. I know the book. It you is the I mean? most in-depth finance, this, that, the other markets, this, whatever. All the shit you guys are, you were probably yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, those, that's the problem with finance is like, you can't, like, you either have to, it takes a very long time and you knock down topics mm-hmm. out of order because you don't know how to go, like, yeah. which order to go into. And you get, you know about some stuff, but you don't know how it connects to other things and other things. And then, you know, you depending on where you are and what you've already kind of knocked down in terms of knowledge, yeah. you're, it's, it's, it's not a whole picture of what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's all too in- intricate. Right. Yep. And then you got new shit that comes out. It's like, yeah, things change all the time. Crypto blew up. changes all the time. Crypto is like, a whole well, new language we'll and world. It's, it's yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I hear different. I hear like I hear. I, I don't really hear like any in betweeners. I hear like it's it's the new thing, or I hear 
it's fake. You know what I mean? Like I don't really hear like I mean, it's not fake. There's billions of dollars there, so like right? you know, <clears throat> I don't think it's fake. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a future, but is it for me? I, I'm not a big fan. But yeah. like, will it stick stick around? I'm sure it'll stick around. I think the mm-hmm. only arguments like I've heard through podcasts is like, what backs crypto? It, that will, but it's very comparable to what backs anything. It's like the what someone's willing to pay for it, right? That's yeah. like pretty much it. All right, these are just markets, and that's how that works. I mean. Technically, <coughs> what backs normal assets is cash flow and the yep. ability to get cash out of it. Yep. Crypto, you can kind of get cash out of it in well, some ways. What backs what backs a dollar? Uh, well, I mean that's just like the Federal Reserve, right? I mean, I mean technically nothing backs a dollar, yeah. right? Yeah, technically, no, 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 there's no gold anymore. I mean, well, the yeah. other, I think what really backs a dollar is if you don't have enough dollars to pay your taxes, you're going to get thrown in jail. Yes, and uh, that's like the threat of violence, right? Yeah, but I mean, um, nothing, right? I mean. I think about that. I'm like, what really backs? Like, we we just say what it's worth, kind of like like yeah, crypto. It's yeah, like, yeah. Mm. what's the difference between this crypto coin and a dollar when I, I say what's this dollar is worth? Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like at the end of the day, we're just looking at a piece of paper and saying this is worth a hundred dollars, mm. mm-hmm. and this paper is worth a dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just paper. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's more like what the paper re- represents, or it's or, more yeah, like or who says it's more like yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like the government tells me this is worth a dollar. Okay. Who's telling me crypto's worth, uh, like, a Bitcoin's worth, like, whatever, 23000 Like, yeah. nobody's telling me that. Technically, the market is telling me. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, but, like, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So what was the, was the highlight for you in college community as well? Like, just a friend yeah. group? Like, yeah, a pattern yeah, of this and learning? Who was the coolest person you've met up until this point in your life? In my life. Not even college. In my, yeah, in, my in life. your life. I want to know who's the coolest person. Coolest person. Coolest person. That's a tough one, man. Um, I think I think it's probably a small group of people. Yeah, different people for different things that I can kind of pull from. All right, who's your top one right now? Top one. I mean, this guy is Loki. He's, he's kind of a cool guy. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, not gonna lie. Wow, like that. The, the, the guy's pretty driven. He he works a lot. Yeah, he's a nerd, but like he teaches me a lot. So yes. my heartstrings right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, this. I mean, I talk to this guy like probably like seven hours a day, right? So You're forced yes. to talk to me. I'm, I'm forced to, but nonetheless, I mean, like I reached out. So so we reconnected a couple years ago. Yeah. And like that was like me reaching out, right? So yeah. I mean, didn't have to reach out to this guy. Not didn't have to work with him either. So. Yeah. That was like that was like COVID. So like everyone was so disconnected. You yeah. Know what I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. Bottom of two twenty, what twenty twenty? Yeah. 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 Who's the next? Who's the next? Um, honestly, probably uh, some of my mentors. So I th- I mean, they're, they're forty now, but yeah. Uh, some guys I grew up with in Chicago that kind of taught me the way. Yep. Showed me, you know, how to be a good person. Like, who's the richest? The richest person I know? Yeah. <laughs> Probably the guys we work for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the guys we work for, Manfred Singh. How, Singh many, how many jets do they have? No jets. No jets? Well, that's, that's the trick is you always make the companies pay for the jets, not personally, right? Yeah. So, so how no many one owns jets, jets do the company have? We, we don't no. own any jets. We could u- utilize. Also, also it's, yeah. it's too expensive to own the jets nowadays. You just lease them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So is that a preferred uh, travel? Passage uh, of travel? We, no, we, haven't, we haven't jet. No, though. honestly, honestly yeah. people just drive. Yeah. Big drives um, locally. But then also, like, I don't really think the jet, like, Stereotype or whatever, yeah. the was it the PJs as, as the uh, secession people call it, right? Like uh, that doesn't. That's a very different type of like elitism, like wealth. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's, it's very like segmented. I, th- I think a lot of the rich guys we know, they're pretty minimalist. They yeah. they, they keep things easy. They don't like flying around if they don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I I, agree I, I think the PJs are meant mostly for you know. The, the brand. I mean, honestly, like, yes. the, the ri- even, like you'd be surprised maybe, like, the richest people I've interacted with are also some of those frugal people. 
Yeah. Oh my god! And it's yeah. like, un, like I was like, listening to Kevin. Why O'Leary do you care about a ten dollar discount? Or yeah, like, we we've seen it plenty of times. Where like guys that are like multi multi millionaires, mm. thirty bucks, fifty bucks, hundred bucks. Yeah, small yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they've seen like it. like if uh like if like a flight jumps a day later and it's a hundred more dollars. Like oh my god, this is a disaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the reality, it's it, the yeah. Side. So it's but it's it's more about mindset and less about like money. And then there's other times. Obviously, they have like money. Like they want to ball out. Like fuck it, I'll get a yeah. Yeah. You know? But you don't own it because it's like owning like a. Like a sports car, it's only going to depreciate. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's not a, it's not a good asset to have. Yeah, no, I feel that. that. So, what about you, coolest, richest? Um, honestly, I think I don't know. This is sappy, but my dad was probably the coolest person I ever met. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. he was like super. It was like very like big, big sales guy, but big like energy. Yeah, and I haven't found another person who matched that energy. Yeah, ever. Right. Yeah. I don't match it either. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So he was awesome. Um, and then richest like um. I mean, it's the same people you probably know. You know what I mean? Um, some pretty, I can't name any names, but yeah, some pretty rich people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. So, what about for favorite restaurants? Favorite restaurants? Yeah. Oh, man. I already have my favorite restaurant. You already know. We waited two hours for my brother. Yeah. Uh, Alcheval, 100%. Alcheval, I don't know if I've You don't know Alcheval? I'm kind of curious. Burger now. spot? Honestly, honestly, the best burgers I've ever had in Chicago. Ever. Love it, Alshabal. love it, and yeah, it's like wait for like two and a half hours. And I, I'm like saying stuff that's like middle middle of a fairway kind of. <coughs> I don't think anyone's gonna cut me down, but um, it's nothing crazy, but it's, it's no, it's honestly awesome. the best burger I've ever had in my life. It's and awesome, it, I, love it. I love it. I love it. I'm looking it up Hands right down. now. So it has the best burger, best burger, best I've ever burger. Had. Yeah, How do you spell this? Uh, what A U? A U. Okay, I see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm always trying to find new shit. This is good. You gotta go. And then Hunan Delight from my hometown. Back in back around DC, there's like a what do they do? Just Chinese food. Chinese food. Yeah, but yeah. they would family style. What's your is your favorite t- style of food like American the cheeseburger shit like that? Ah, uh, no, I mean love uh, me some Thai food. Thai yeah. food. Thai food. Yeah, yeah, probably like Chinese. I mean Chinese is awesome. Yeah, but Chinese is also like the junkiest food you could eat is like fried food and shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, a lo mein, a sesame chicken. Oh my God. Yeah, it's basically. <laughs> <spot fried. laughs> yeah, facts. Yeah. So, did you say your favorite restaurant? I mean that that goes, but. uh uh, What's that Indian place over? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a great spot. I don't know if it's my favorite place. Like, oh, okay. um, there's, there's a Thai place back in uh, by Schaumburg on Golf Road. Yeah, get it like twice a week. It's not, you know, it's not bougie. Yeah, mm. but I get it two three times a week. If if any of these like fancy places go down, you know that sucks. But yep. this place I've been going the last like three years twice a week, and uh, it's like it's a staple of my staple of my weekly regimen. So. Uh, taste of Thai. Mm. Taste, taste of Thai? Yeah, right here. Uh, it's like right around here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Schaumburg. Golf Road. Taste of... Taste of Thai. It's nothing crazy, but... Yep. Maybe it, maybe I'm just used to Hoffman it. Hoffman Estates. Yep. Golf Road. Yep, I yep. see it. Dope. Um, five, what's like the five, ten-year plan? Let's start with you. So we'll start with Sim, and then we'll come Five, ten-year plan. To Nick. I think, I think recently we've been looking a lot of real estate. Okay. Um, I think everyone kind of has. Yeah, the whole, you were telling me that idea. Yeah, yeah. Everyone kind of has the whole, you know, the, everything's gonna crash and burn. This, this is the time to buy real estate up. I mean, I would, I would love to keep doing the venture stuff on the side, or you know, full time, but build a real estate portfolio on the side. Yep. Kind of get that going five, ten years now. Then, then you kind of have like a cash flowing asset. Yep. That'd be awesome. Probably stay in Chicago. Stay in Chicago. Stay in Chicago for sure. Any, um, anything you want to splurge money on? Man, those those cars are looking nice. Yeah. They they make no sense. But you're they, a car they, guy. I'm a car guy. Like, I, I'm not a big car. I don't know shit about cars. I don't want to. I'm. I don't know nice, shit, but I but want them. You just nice. buy them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they look nice. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know shit, but I want them. 
Um, I'm not big into travel. I feel like people spend their money in like. Dude, I could just look up a picture of where you want to go. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm there. You know, it's fine. Yeah. No, I'll travel a little bit. Not, nothing crazy. Though. I literally don't want to leave the office. So I'm like, I will go. Like, I try to eat within five, 10 minutes of the office, yeah. work out, all of it. Yeah. I got to be pulled down to the city, but I'm like, dude, I'm literally sitting on billions of dollars. But, but that, mm. that's now. That's not like 10 years from now. Right? No, still. So. Yeah, no, no. I do not ever want to fucking travel. <laughs> no. There's mm. like, I have noticed. Like, I've been. I mean, you got to like Cancun, you know, Cancun. Well, but, but, like, I, but the. I, the company will do it. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's like yeah, we meet yeah. in all these different... Yeah. I don't want to travel There's outside no motivation of, for you to personally travel yes. because you know you're going to get dragged there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. I'm, I'm, we're yeah. so young. So it's like I'm like hyper competitive where it's oh. like I look at like... I don't look... I'm not trying to compete. In, I want to. I want my numbers to be Jeff Bezos' numbers. Like what is he going to do yeah. annually through Amazon? Yeah. You know, I, like, look, my, my affirmation or manifestation is like to be the number one company in the world and and I don't mean that off of like the number one experience. I mean that on like the the fucking charts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I want to do the most sale. I feel like that that's at the end yeah. of the day we all sell mm-hmm. whether it's yeah. a service or product. Every company has a like a, a market cap or mm-hmm. yeah. like a yo what's your company worth? Like I want to be number one. I mean mm-hmm. I mean on the venture side, I would love to raise a shit ton of capital. Yeah. Deploy it amongst 20, 50 companies. You only need it in one place. Huh? Right here. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I wouldn't even know what to like do with returns, it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you, if, you can do, if you can deploy a couple mil or even like tens yeah. of millions into you know a portfolio of 50 companies, if I could return money to my friends and family, that's awesome. Yeah. Like if I got like, you know, the 10, 20 close people to me, deployed it all, and five years later, that money is 20 x Yeah. And I can give that back to my friends. That's fucking mm. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Is there any car in particular you like? I mean, lately, for now at least, Porsches look so nice. Yeah. Love me yep. a Porsche. Porsches are dope. I don't know, you know, which is... I My mean, buddy uh, just got one. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, they're mm. so smooth. So yes. smooth. Yes. So. Mm. Dope. What about you, Nick? Where are you living? What are you doing? Five, ten years? Uh, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I'm, I don't I don't really, like, make the plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, like, learned, I've learned something like, yeah, like, how I got sick with SYNCAP and everything. like... You just work. It's one of those things where, like, I don't fucking know what's going to happen a year from now. Yep. There could be a whole other pandemic. There could be a whole other crap. Right? Yo, so. I'm on a podcast. What's up? <laughs> yeah, we're in it. You're on it right now because you're into the mic. They can hear you. This is the guy that runs the media. Go on it. Love it. If he sees you guys, he'll try to tell you. <laughs> where are you at? Are you coming up here? All right, come in and say hi. They definitely want to buy a media package. There you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so... He uh, he's got a really he's got a really good opportunity going on with his company. Mm. I don't know if they did a half mil or a mil last that, year. That was the buddy I met, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they could do a billion. Ooh. You know what I mean? I feel like word, everybody because well because I I think media is a you know social media is a, the new newspaper. It's the yeah. old newspaper. Like it it's not new. It's 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 a- your a- newspaper. Everyone needs their brand. Yeah. Right. So mm. like like Landon says, identity capital is like the best selling media terminology that you like. Could ever like you use. say, not Landon. Like you say. Yeah. Like yeah. like I say. You yeah. Know what I mean? But like. Like what? Like identity capital? That might be the best and biggest investment you can make. Like, like imagine investing into a Kanye West. Like, mm-hmm. say, hey, listen, I just want to buy into your name. I don't know you. Like mm-hmm. twenty years ago, I don't know you, but I want to put a hundred dollars into your name. And you know, I don't want to say this is you know worth a certain percentage, but can we just say this is worth five percent of you? Five percent. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Is it, is it like some weird ass thing? Is it like the thing where it's like, uh, like sell your future income or something? Is that what you're talking about? Essentially, yeah. yeah like, yeah, like I come right. up to you and I'm like, Yo, Nick, mm. I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars right now. Twenty years from now, I want five percent of what you're worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
You down? Yeah. 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 He's betting on you. Yeah. yeah. He's betting on you. I'm yeah. betting on you. No, your identity. So, like, for me, I'm going to go out and just invest all my money, time, energy. And I spend so much money on social media. Mm-hmm. It is so stupid. But I mean, honestly, that, so that's kind of what we're doing There's so adventure, little, like, st- well, I mean, you got to, st- there's structure there and yeah. there's things like that. You know what I mean? But, like, you might as well, well, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, um, I'd rather bet on like a company than a person. I mean, you that's, are that's, a, that's you are a company. Though. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, that's what we're. No, but but yeah, in venture, yeah. like we'll take our dollars and say, you know, well, you are betting on people. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm betting smart, on the person. But, but that's yeah, you're betting on the smarter. Yeah. Put the money there. So let me ask you guys this question: You're in venture, you're analyzing a great. You're com- You came across a great fucking company. Great. Yeah. All those weird ass terms you guys yeah. use. But I'm just gonna say, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've got a great distro, whatever, and people are buying it. Yeah. But the person running it, you guys don't like, sucks, sleeps in, drinks all day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just a very lazy fucking person. Yeah. But it's a phenomenal product. Are you still investing? Um, like, they're already <laughs> seeing traction? They're seeing well, traction. It all looks great, but they, for sure, you went out with them, they're just like an absolute loser. You don't even know how yeah. this makes sense. Well, usually, uh, I've never seen that. Because yeah, usually no, the sh- company never succeeds happens. because no, yeah, the person only won't succeed. Yeah, that usually doesn't happen. If that ever happens, I'd probably not invest because like this guy's going to run on the ground. See? And then something else will come you along. You invest in the person. Or you bet, or you buy. Well, yeah, but there's a point. Because there's a point where the business can survive without the founder. Yes. Because it gets yeah. big enough, and you've got enough middle management or other senior yep. management yes. around the table. And that would be probably actually like the Series A inflection point, yeah. right? Yeah. Series A, Series B, something like that. Sometimes yeah. it's C, depending if it's how big the C company is. Um, where the individual, so like earlier stage venture, you're betting on the person. The earliest, earliest stage venture, you're literally only betting on the person and the, the idea. How and often are you? So basically, Mike, let's reverse yeah. my question to fit that. Yeah. So great person, phenomenal yeah. individual, yeah. just great capability, great possibility, great potential. Mm. But the, there's there's nothing for you to really visibly see. Like mm. they don't have the three year. Yeah. So so you, know, you got an idea. Historic. You yourself yes. had an idea. You came to us. Yep. You you have an idea, but you don't have any. Actual financial projections. Yes. Do you have a product? I've got a product. Yeah, okay. I got a product in mind. I've got one person working with me, mm-hmm. and we've got a strategy, and, and we're ready to get to work. But we have no capital. We have like no proof. Well, it of really anything. depends on what it is. Because if it's software or software as a service or something like that, you really like the people like you yourself can make the whole product yourself. Versus like if it's like a physical product, like a, like a new kind of drink or a CPG or who knows what it could be, or if it's like a service based thing. And that's something where you like you need a lot of ca- more capital up front. You know so it's I mean? like two parts. It's, it's like liking the person and then liking the idea. Okay. If you came to us with the idea that like we think you're suited for, you know, perfectly, yeah. Then like let's do it. Like if, if we're comfortable with the idea and you're suited for it, let's do it. Ooh, yeah. If you came up came to us and you're like, you know, I want to build, you know, a rocket ship. Yeah. Some something crazy that like I know like you might be smart, but you're not a engineer like a, a rocket scientist. Yeah. I'm like uh, I don't know, man. Mm. Or like something yeah. that's scalable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, five, ten years. Yeah. Did we say where you were gonna live? Uh, Chicago. Why well, I, I bounce around? I bounce from Chicago to Florida. My mom's down there. I have a couple there. homes. Is what he said. Oh, I, I want to do that. I bounce around. Well, my family's down there, right? So yeah. it's like one of those things where, like, you know, I can be with them during the holiday, Christmas, and shit. Yeah. And spend time with them, and then come back up here and <coughs> when the weather's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So where would you splurge your money? Well, but actually, real quick, though, like Chicago probably is the best, and this is like a thesis that we, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. I've been now. reading well, articles saying me, it's the best me, no, place no, no, to no, be. But there's a but reason. For a different reason. And, and, and it's because, and I, I love to hear other sides. No one talks about this because I think it's scary. It's Chicago's the most insulated from climate change tier one city in the U.S. Every other tier one city, which is really just New York and L.A., they're on the coast. 
LA has water problems. If you think about like fresh water and things. Yeah. So we think that fires, over the next droughts. Well, fires. Yeah, we don't even talk about the fires around LA. Mm-hmm. The LA fires and shit. Yeah, we don't. What do we have? Like an we occasional have not, well, tornado so warning. I, I just moved here, or I moved back kind from of. here from Boulder. Yeah. And Boulder, Colorado, right? There's a ton of people moving to like these Sunbelt and mountain well, towns. One of my best people is from Grand Junction, Colorado. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you you can't you live there right now. Like right when I was there, I was there for two years. I had to evacuate my home twice. Why? Because of fires. In Colorado. And, yeah, and yeah. Colorado had one of the worst I fires. Destroyed yeah. like a thousand homes. And it's not going to get any better because climate change is not going to get any better. Yeah. And so Chicago and the Rust Belt in particular um, have one of some of the lowest cost of living. We're going to survive. Some of the most. Well, you're on the Great Lakes. Yeah. You need fresh water. There's no other better source in the world. I heard Lake Lakes. Mead is like evaporating. It's gone. Uh, it's, it's getting there. It's getting really low. Every day I see is, a new thing like new bodies found. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, shit, I mean, but, but my thing is like nothing is going to change, right? A- everything is only going to continue to deteriorate or it's going to deteriorate faster no yeah. one is coming out and saying oh climate change is going to reverse. but do you believe there's duality like with negatives there's new positives there's new the new positives sure. are that chicago will have a milder winter <laughs> you know what i mean it's See? not it's not going to be the coast in the grand scheme of things there's, all, there's always duality in my opinion I, in the grand scheme of things like with like like with us in comparison to simon's like main deal yeah. they have a larger database we have a smaller database mm. whereas like somebody might perceive it as like the larger database they might have Essentially, they have more resources to distribute to their reps, which more resources might mean more sales to somebody looking at it from a surface level. Mm. But more resources can also generate the law of diminishing returns where Mm -hmm. you give an agent so many leads, there's Mm -hmm. a lack of appreciation, and then psychologically, they just don't work them Mm -hmm. the same way as they would work like going into another insurance company where there's no leads. Mm -hmm. And now what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you just going to quit? Or are you going to figure out how to do it? It's like I always ask people, it's like if you were to go truly be an entrepreneur and go create a startup, like, where do you think you would find clients and like yeah. buyers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think somebody would just walk up to you and say, "Hey, I got leads for you yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. your cupcake business." You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. for your your online, you know, education business, whatever it might be. It's like entrepreneurs start they generate their leads. They're their own PR. They're 0 to 1. You know yeah. what I mean? So oh. it's like so I, I always tell and I reference people, you know, especially when they come here because we provide resources. I think the crutch, it's like our it's our it's almost a it's a phenomenal selling point mm. because we give free free leads out. That's why everybody wants to come here mm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. But it's the crutch can also be the disabler. I I think that all the time I'm like, it's almost because if you always have a crutch, you'll oh, always have a limp. That's you've like, got to walk it out. That's like Europe right now, right? Take, yeah, and you look like your like energy usage. The crutch was. Europe, you know, Russian like natural gas. You take the Russian natural gas away, what happens? Energy prices are up three x for the yeah. year. That's the same thing, right? Yes. They can't fend for themselves. And like same thing, if if you give what like give a man a fish, don't yes. teach him how to fish, kind of thing. Yeah, yes. Right? They can't stand so facts. Own. Yeah, so facts. So, do you guys have a favorite movie? Movies is my go-to oh, yeah. question. Tropic Thunder, baby. You I was literally that. rewatching that the other day. Such Tropic. a fire movie. It's my favorite. So movie. fucking funny. Favorite movie. So funny. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Don't say Wolf of Wall Street. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, it's a good. It's really it is a. It's enough. People there. like it, but too many people like that. Movie. Too many. Too people. Yeah, it's not, it's not you can't say you like that. It's, it's too cliche. People say they like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, there, there's an Indian one, uh, Rang Devasanti, that just kind of. Uh, Did you watch that new Indian movie? Which one? What was that called? Didn't you watch it? R-R. Yeah, R R. No, what is it? It's been on like. Everything I've seen it on like HBO, R-R, just like two letters. Yeah, I don't know. Three R's. Three R's. Three hours. R-R. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't know. But what's this movie about? Mm. Uh, Rang de Basanti is kind of just uh, about revolution uh, back in I think the 40s when uh, the the Britain and India saw the you know 
India was under Britain control. Okay. So it's kind of about a couple guys. Um, it's, it's a historical story. Yeah. But the, the energy that comes from that movie is just crazy. Now, I don't want to mix cultures. Yeah. Is the march, is it Mecca? The march. What's the march? The pilgrimage? The pilgrimage Mecca, march? Muslim. No, that's Muslim. Yeah, so yeah. not the same? No, don't no. You, so what is that march that they do, though? I think it's like a, a is it a yearly or is it like once the that pil- where they do the yeah. you know what I'm talking about? I think you're I think you you're supposed to do it once in your life. But you're you're people, supposed to do it once in your life. Like, and okay. there's a yearly we one actually, too. We I looked think. at like a travel business in Pakistan. Of course you did. And, <laughs> uh, we did uh, we did and like one of the biggest business times for them is when people <coughs> typically go okay and they'll and do, do the, the whole they'll they'll I mean, the whole business alone and just doing the travel I'm like sure. planning I'm yeah. sure. for that pilgrimage and it's very complicated if, especially if you're in like yep. Pakistan because there's yeah. a lot of different kind of tourism visas and shit like that you have to go yes. through so people will pay for it it's a great business actually Yeah. Fine. some fun side note <laughs> did you guys play any games growing up? games as in like, video, games? video games? fuck yeah like a normal kid <laughs> yeah. I play video games now man yeah, yeah. What's your fav- what was your favorite game or what's your favorite what was your favorite game growing up what's your favorite game now? Super Smash was always yeah, pretty fun I, I, I hate Mario Kart I, yeah, I, that, that's say, my, that's I don't my one even thing. think we ever had it Everyone loves Mario. It was like phases, like like end of elementary school was Spyro for me on like the PS One, PS Two, and then Call of Duty when I got an Xbox was pretty much the go to. Pokemon was cool. I'm not a big Pokemon guy, but there's like there's like one red Pokemon I had for a long time. If you I liked Pokemon the older I got, young young I hated it because like we couldn't afford it. You know what I mean? Like we just could not afford anything basically at all. So it was like cards and anything. It was just like no, we can't get it. Mm. I was like, okay. and then I got older, and I was like, dude, this, sh- this shit's like $5. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, dude, the the, there was this one summer where I think GameStop had, a, like, a promo where if you bring three three games in that are worth the $1, yeah. they, they'll give you a $10 bonus. GameStop I, used to be ripping me off, dude. They used dude, to be looking at my shit. It was like, wild. They're terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. But that's worth 30 cents. I, I, I found yeah. all these shitty games, like, around my house. I went to a co- couple of buddies' houses, too. I'd give you 2 bucks for these games and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. I'd get, two, I'd get three of them for 6 bucks. Go back to GameStop. You get like 13, 14 bucks for it. Just keep flipping them. Mm. Thanks, man. <laughs> this is like almost over. I, I've been pushing yeah. the whole time. Yeah, these are these are these are tricky. I don't, I don't know. Um, favorite books? Anybody have a favorite book? Oh man, I can't read anymore. Uh, Audio. I had one. What's uh? I really like. Um, oh, what the fuck? Is, I forget the name of the book, even though I really like it. Right. And then we got to end with your hardest adversity. Peter Peter Lynch is a good book. I can't remember what it was. What it, was. Uh, it was like a finance book. Yeah. Um, huh? No, not not that one. Uh, there's another one. Can't think of mine. What was the one? I can't remember. Or uh, beating, was, uh, beating the street. Yeah, I think maybe it was beating the street. That's it. I like that one. He's just got a lot of good like commonsensical stuff. Yeah. Like that, I love. There's a good YouTube video with him, and he's just like talking about different things that people ta- say that don't make any sense, like. Oh, the stock's rate down to like a dollar. Like, how much more can I lose? It's like you can lose the rest of it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and things like that. <laughs> you can lose. You can lose the rest of it. Yeah, Jesus. that's good. Yeah, uh, uh, he just he has a lot of those little sayings. That I just think are so so funny. I can't think of mine, but we we can go to the hardest adversity. Yes, the hardest adversity. That, I mean, that one's that one probably sticks out. But I mean, so much with the family side, with my dad kind of flipping jobs seven eight times. Um, had some house troubles, had some, uh, had some business troubles, um, got, you know, had some food trouble at, 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 you know, at a certain point. So I think, I think that as being like the oldest kid in the house and kind of, you know, younger brother and stuff that, that probably took a toll on me for a while. Yeah. Like 20, 
2012, so like even 17, 18. Yeah. Of like just uh, providing, kind of being the support system in the house. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why I went to accounting at first was like, Someone told me early on that like accountants always have jobs. It's like you know old old mm. business, but it's always around. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's stable. Let me, let me go go towards that. Yeah. Then you know I met a couple of different guys, met these guys, and you know, they're, they're thinking big. Yeah. And finally, after after a couple of years, I'm like, okay, everything's stabilized a little bit. I'm like, let me let me dream big now. So yeah. So that took a that took a while. Love it, I love it. Now with as we wrap up, yeah, with everything you guys do, everything under. What do you, so what do you guys like title yourself as? Title like, like associates? Associates. So, like associates. BC associates, like venture capitalist associates. Or like yeah. 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 I mean what 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 all is accomplished? So you got PE, yeah, VC, what else is under this umbrella that you guys can kinda like invest into and like manage do some real estate family stuff. office is just like you investing you're just with a shit ton of money that's what okay uh, so yeah, like family office basically like if you there's became, really like no limitations you yeah, guys like you come across super investment. wealthy yeah. and you want to you know manage your wealth okay yeah yeah so i mean we we can do it all and then the other thing and like you know people say venture capital they say private equity they say all this like real estate and all that and it it really kind of like when you when you get down to it it doesn't really like you, you try and generalize with these terms, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of times where there's all kinds of overlap between yeah. like what's a venture business, what's a private equity business. What's what's an for the audience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. an angel investor. Mm-hmm. I mean, angel investing can be like any. I mean, I've seen angel investments going into like venture. Like, hey, you have a good idea for some. Is software. it a sole investor? An angel investor yeah. is just somebody who probably has like a ten thousand plus kind of check. Okay. It really could be anything. That goes K, that goes 10K. in before like there's any product or anything. It's like usually first money in the door for Super any early. new company. Yeah, yeah. Is Super that, risky. Is that usually the wealthier person, the angel? No, person? it can be. It can be a foolish person too. Okay. You know what I mean? it, it can be a friend. Yeah. It, it can yeah. be you know. But tech technically though, uh, an angel investor should be accredited and you should be doing yeah. it in like with real structure involved. You know. What yeah. I mean? um, but it, c- it could be anybody. You could be an angel investor. Anyone. Who, who's your favorite type of investor to kind of work with? work with the one that asks the least amount of questions <laughs> yeah that's another one um, I like that but I'm like yeah. kind of like scared yeah, I mean, I mean they give uh, us the <laughs> fucking money yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much I mean I mean, the other one is uh, people who actually can add value to the business and yeah. that means usually like angel investing is not someone's full time role yeah. usually angel investing is like a side thing that you do as a yeah, hobby yeah. or something usually your full time role and the best angel investors I see are like former operators uh, or like current like executives in a company yeah so like for example if we have one uh investor who is also like the ceo of like a a, a software company yeah, yeah he's gonna have a lot better insight into investing in other software companies mm-hmm. yes and he's also potentially gonna have ways to add value to whatever he's he investing brings in. value to that niche well by a be he could be a customer he could yes. be a vendor right mm-hmm. imagine if yes. you're the executive of a you know fortune 500 company and you invest in a seed stage company and then have that Fortune 500 company be the customer of that seed stage company. Yeah. And you add a million dollars in revenue like that, right? Yeah, facts. You just did really well on your investment, personally. Yes. Right? And those kind of things happen all the time. Yes. And yeah. we try and basically replicate that strategy. It's basically front-running, which is illegal in the public market, totally illegal in the private market. Because there is no regular... Or it's very less... There is a, private market's a lot less regulated. So what would front-running be? Front-running is like when you buy something ahead of somebody else because you, have you know news information. information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like if you, if you say... You can do it privately. Say if you know like a bunch of investors are going to come in and buy a stock at 100, <coughs> you're going to buy it today if it's at 90. Right? Oh, you're front-running. Sure. 
So if you're a public company CEO and you know there's going to be a million dollar contract, can you not invest in your own company then as a public CEO? You can. You can. And it's a, it's a great indicator. But it, the thing it's is more structured though. Well, when you do that, you have to disclose it well ahead of time. Yep, or exactly. when you do disclose it after the fact, you know everyone like focuses in on it and it's a big deal and it's more regulated. Private okay. market, there's n- not nearly that level of, of regulation. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. As we wrap up, is there anything else you guys want to add? Um, add, remove. <laughs> no, man, you do a good job here. I yeah. think you're yeah. building. Something I thought I great. thought you would be cutting me in with more of questions on finance, but you know it's um, you know I guess if, if the one thing I will say is if you're if you don't know where to learn or you know, if there's areas that you are confused about or, you know, you want to just get started on it, just don't be afraid to, like, feel stupid and just go out and just start cracking away topics one by one. Just yes. Google it, yeah. Google, yeah. YouTube, build relationships, and just ask your friends. Just ask like, good questions. Ask, yeah. your, ask, ask your vetted friends. Vetted. Well, the thing <laughs> is, like, the more, more people know, more things about other things. Yeah. Like that, but, um... I guess we're we're kind of fortunate because we can kind of peer behind the curtain and see. Yeah, I, I love asking friends like in different groups and different circles. Yeah, and just get their perception on stuff. Like how do yeah. how does this group of people think about things? Yeah. It's also, I think fun. the best thing to add is actually, uh, even at like a professional level, people still don't know what the fuck is going on. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? not at all. At all, right? So if you don't know what's going on and someone else is you know saying st- stuff that doesn't really make sense, chances are they don't also they Facts. also don't know what's going on. Facts. Right. Even though they sound great. <laughs> Love it. Like us. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was like 90-something, uh, episode like 90-ish. So we're coming up on 100. Like, subscribe, share if you guys get any value. If you're a returning listener, please check these guys out on IG. Where You guys want to Twitter? social, Twitter? Twitter, yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> check yeah, these yeah. guys out. So what's your Twitter handles? Simran Singh. Simran Singh. Trader Nick. Trader Nick. NIQ. So. Let's go. So, yeah, guys, check that stuff out and hope you guys, if you guys have any recommendations and things you want to see differently on the podcast, things you want us to talk about or guess, whatever, whatever it might be, hit us up. Let us know. Peace out. Adversity Kings, another episode. <laughs> <laughs>